0: Welcome to Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Shepeditho, Lauren Oboe Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Shark. Hi, I'm Jack.
2: I'm Jonathan.
3: And I'm Lauren. And we are Shark. Today, as we're recording this, is November 24th, 2015. I somehow managed to stay married for six months. Hooray! Yay! Yay. Here's to another six more months. I'm almost at two. Hooray! Yay! And Jonathan's clocking in at somewhere around, what now, uh 87?
2: Yeah, somewhere around there.
3: <laughs> cool beans. Yay! We'll get into all this stuff and more in a bit, but first, as always, or at least as often as we can, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Oboe Crazy here to do a little something that we call, let me see if I'm, re- if I'm reading this right, This Week in Geek. Is that right?
4: Yeah, okay. Just because I was gone for two weeks doesn't mean that you get to like make fun of the fact that, hey... I'm a working musician and shit happens. Uh, But this week, I have the week off for the first time in practically years. So I'm going to be bringing you some geek news. First, Kevin Bacon, because the world must begin and end with Kevin Bacon. You remember Tremors? Oh, yeah. The 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 sci-fi franchise that turned into a bunch of really crappy movies. But that first movie was really, really good. It starred Kevin Bacon. And now there's a TV show, a TV series in the works that's going to star Kevin Bacon. He's also executive producing. That's right. We're getting Tremors with Kevin Bacon. Universal Cable Productions and Bloomhouse Productions are developing a show based on the 1990 movie Tremors, which is about giant killer worms. It really wasn't about more than just that, but it's kind of awesome. Definitely go see it. Uh, It spawned a whole bunch of direct-to-video sequels. There was a 13-episode Tremors the series that uh, aired on the Sci-Fi Channel in 2003, but this is supposed to be all brand new. Bacon's involvement is rather awesome as the actor is returning to the franchise after 25 years. He recently starred in Fox's The Following only appeared in the original Tremors and basically turned down all of the other opportunities to be in the weird sequels, he's going to reprise his character, Valentine McGee, and the setting will return to the fictional Nevada desert town of perfection. Earlier this year, Bacon said he'd love to revisit the character. Quote, Oh God, I gotta do a Kevin Bacon. I'd love to do something else with Tremors and revisit the character 25 years later. Part of what's great about that movie is there are next to no digital effects. The monsters are done with puppetry, and it's still off, funny, and scary. It's a cool accomplishment end quote. God, my bacon is horrible. UPC and Bloomhouse are currently shopping the project around to various networks and basically they have a couple of different bidders. CFI, which is the sci-fi channel's new incarnation, is kind of interested but, you know, you never know where those kind of things could end up. Next, in other... Kind of interesting casting news. The Mystery Science Theater 3000 Kickstarter is still going strong. And Joel Hodgson actually announced his pick for the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 Mad Scientist. This is the insane scientist that actually is the person who forces the hosts to watch the bad movies. His choice, Felicia Day. Which is kind of awesome. He added, uh, quote... Actually, you know, I'll come back to Felicia for a minute. First, I want to tell you a little bit about Kinga Forrester, who is also new to Mystery Science Theater. When I started imagining the next season of MST3K, I knew we'd need the next Mad to be someone worthy of the Mad title and someone who could live up to the great work of Trace, Josh, Frank, and Mary Jo. But I also thought we needed a new flavor. And then skipping ahead a little bit, he continues, part of that inspiration came from seeing what Mary Jo Peel did with the role of Pearl Forrester. As Pearl, Mary Jo could be funny in so many different ways, But while she was a woman, the humor never came from Pearl being female. That just happened to be a great coincidence and a tribute to how great MJ was in the part. And I know her performance stuck with a lot of you, too. So ever since I started thinking about the future of Mystery Science Theater, I think I've known the next mad needed to be another formidable woman in the Forrester family line. So there's no word yet on whether um, Felicia Day will actually accept the job. Heck, the Kickstarter is still going, although they reached their Uh, first goal, so they are going to be making some episodes, but we all kind of think it would be cool. Also, if I'm going to make a guess, Felicia Day is a big enough geek that she would probably jump at the chance. Finally, since it is just a couple of days before Thanksgiving, uh, io9 recently posted the 10 weird facts you never knew about your Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not going to read them all. You can go read the article for yourself. I thought I'd just highlight a couple of the ones that I thought were the most interesting. First off, stovetop stuffing was a scientific endeavor. That's right, if you like instant stuffing, you can thank Ruth Seams. Fresh stuffing is fairly resilient. It can be soaked in turkey goo, or jammed into a pan and cooked like a pound cake, or fried up on the stove before being heated all over again in the oven or in the microwave. Dried stuffing is delicate. It has to be rehydrated, which means that its inventors had to find just the right size to the breadcrumbs. For a while, adding liquid to the breadcrumbs soaked them through and left them with the texture of wet tissue paper at the end of the cooking process. Uh, But Ruth Seams figured out that making the breadcrumbs bigger or making them the wrong shape left the centers dried and rock hard. Seams led the team to eventually got the crumbs the right size and shape to bake up soft and fluffy. Other interesting things you can read about the Marshmallow Yam Topping Marshmallow War. Uh, basically, some of the most famous marshmallow companies decided to go all out about marshmallows. Uh, how the Royal Society of Chemistry thinks that you need soy sauce in your gravy. Green bean casserole got its inventor into the Hall of Fame because, hey, Hall of Fame. But finally, the other thing I wanted to highlight because, you know, it's also sciency. Turkey makes your urine turn purple. Yes, what? That that. Now, okay, not always. Purple urine isn't great, but it can actually be a diagnostic tool. See, purple urine is a sign that a person has a bacterial infection. It starts with tryptophan, which is, as everyone knows, one of the main ingredients in turkey that makes you <sighs> after turkey dinner. The chemical does no harm. It goes through your digestive system naturally and is broken down into indoxicol sulfate. If it has to go, say, into the digestive system for a while, bacteria get in it, further break it down into endoxyl. Bacteria can turn urine alkaline into basically this purple version of pee. So it comes out and it turns blue or green or mostly a purple. The condition has come to be known as purple urine bag syndrome. syndrome. And yeah, so after that turkey dinner... After your nap, you get up, go to the bathroom, knows a little bit of purple. Go see your doctor. You may need to get checked out. That's all for this week in Geek. I am Oboe Crazy, and I'm going to be eating a lot of stuffing.
3: The world is indeed a strange place. If your pee turns purple, send it to Lauren at obocrazy.com. No,
4: no, no, no. <laughs> there are plenty of places on the internet that you can do that. I am not one of them.
3: Okay, maybe if you not if your pee turns purple. But if you have a fact that you want red live and on the air... You can send it to her, and uh, while you're at it, go to our website, which is glibshark.com, full of uh, past episodes of Classic Jenga Jam, Modern Glib Shark, All-Time Buttcast, and our latest adventure, Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. All Yay. five episodes available via our iTunes feed and glibshark.com, where all the cool kids congregate. But uh, our friend Roadwalk, he went... Actually, I want to talk to us on this Felicia Day thing, because I'm kind of excited about that. Well, I'm excited about anything Felicia Day does. Yeah, the possibility of her like being part of this venerable uh, sci-fi franchise.
4: Yeah. I, you know, I have to admit, the first time I heard about that Kickstarter, I was both excited and a little bit nervous because I feel like, you know, that show's been off for a while, and since then we've gotten both Cinematic Titanic and Rift Tracks. Why bring the show back? Especially since there was, at the time, no guarantee that there'd be the same people involved. And there has been this lingering issue that a lot of the people involved never got any money from the production for a variety of good and bad reasons. Um, But recently, Joel actually put up an FAQ that addressed, like, really specifically and didn't shy away from a lot of those concerns. And he said, you know, for one, if any of those original people want to come back and work on this, I'd be more than happy to have them. Um, He said he hasn't, at the time, he said, I haven't sent out any invites because he didn't have any money to back it up. So I can respect that. I can respect I'm not going to offer jobs to people until I know there's a job to have. Um, He also talked about the fact that he doesn't want, he had always envisioned Mystery Science Theater 3000 to be a show that had a rotating cast of characters, that the, the, the lab rat would change, the robots would change, the mad scientists would change, and that because the show got canceled so quickly, you only saw a few iterations of that, and how that's one of the ways they can keep the show new and fresh, without it just being oh here's more mystery science theater 3000 which avoids a little bit of that nostalgia issue so i i read over his and he he also went into great detail about where all the money would go and what they want to do and blah 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 that actually made me pretty happy i felt like all of the concerns that he addressed were concerns i had and i was happy with his answers so um i'm actually now kind of excited about these these um these new announcements and and who knows what Felicia Day will say, but as I said, I, I think she would jump at the chance.
2: I, I kind of agree. I think seeing the kind of project she's been involved in, I think this is right up her alley. And even though it is with like not the same crowd that she normally produces content with, I think because it's got that name, it's it's something that she'll that she'll probably jump on.
4: Yeah. I mean, at this point it's still Joel saying this is who I'd like. Uh, there's no contracts. There's no money. There's no nothing. So it's, it's. I mean, it's not a rumor. It's the truth. We know that from the creator, but whether it'll actually happen, who knows?
3: She would be awesome, though. Well, stay tuned. We don't know anything yet, but we're we're happy to speculate. But I think we should probably just move on to uh, to BoardGameGeek.com. Yay.
4: Oh,
2: my God. It was so awesome. It was I keep saying pound for pound. this is the best gaming convention that you can go to, and it continues to be the case. It was uh, I got in on Wednesday night, uh, ended up leaving on Sunday, and played some pretty, pretty decent games. I, I was very happy with what I played, and uh, it was just uh, it was just so much fun.
4: so what was your favorite thing that you played over the entire weekend?
2: Well, it would probably have been the game show because we ended up winning the game show. And this year, it was a variant of Family Feud to accommodate a lot of people. So the way the game worked was it would have the question. You would know how many answers are ranked on the big board. And then from there, you would, uh, you would make your answers. And then you would turn in your deal. And that was... Uh, And then you would get points and they would get added to the big board and those of you who uh thankfully follow my twitter saw that we ended up at the top of that scoreboard and that's like what you saw on that picture is not the only thing that was there like there were actually i think i want to say about 24 25 teams in our heat and then there was the second heat now In order to win prizes you only needed to be in the session that in only one session you couldn't like then sign up or show up for the second one and expect to win but uh just a little little note of pride we were told we were in the early session we were at the eight o'clock and we scored 165 points to win we found out later that the second session their highest score was 161 points
4: (laughs) so you would have won no matter what session you were in
2: exactly and actually the winner of that session would have placed fourth in ours
4: oh wow so not only would you have won but it sounds like your heat was super competitive
2: yeah it was it, it, there was a lot of up and down like so basically you got points for where your where your answer was in the hierarchy of answers but as well you also got uh points for just having it there so you basically got double points if you ended up getting the the answer in not only the right place, but also the just the right answer.
0: So we it's never... like a
1: Family Feud.
2: Yes, it was a variant of Family Feud. So we never got max points, like not in the entire time we uh, uh, we did that. So we were pretty lucky to to get where to get what we what we got so i i was i was like i said i was very happy with my team's performance and it was just it was just a lot of fun and and yeah, i don't think you can ask for much better than than winning
4: <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome and and what was that uh who was that lovely voice we just heard hi i'm Neriel. oh uh, hi. some of you
2: might remember niriel <laughs> from way back in the day <laughs>
4: You sp- you spoke up and I figured you deserved at least a proper introduction.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of, I, I no, was no. just like, I didn't want to interrupt what was going on. You were talking about, you know, board games, which is which is pretty fun. Um, I've actually been got, getting into board games a lot locally. I live in Portland and there's a ton of board game nights to get into around
4: here. So it's been a lot of fun. It has become like like it's um, cohort D&D. It's having a nice renaissance.
1: Yeah, I, I really think so. Like, um, There's this bar in Portland called My Father's Place. That's the name of the bar. It's not actually My Father's Place. So, um, <laughs> And they have uh, two weekly board game nights. And it was really funny because I randomly went to one on a Wednesday night. I usually go on Mondays. And I ran into Roos Bruce from the RT site. Nice. And it's, it's just like a lot of geeks are really getting into board games right now. Um, and I'm not sure why but it's really fun and i enjoy it i've lots of um lots of rebel based games i have really loved coup mm. that's probably coup one i've gotten is pretty into.
2: fantastic coup is probably one of my favorite games right now it's, yeah
1: for yeah. sure it's it's uh it takes a lot of thought and <laughs> like you get two cards um i don't know if anybody else here has played that one
3: Oh yes, we oh. played it live yeah. at our uh, at our panel one year at like, RTS. T- yeah, t- last year I think 2014 we played Coup.
1: Okay, so you guys are way more into board games than me then, and I should just not. Even try no, 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 no. no, no. no, no. Like, really I'm not. I'm Mostly, I'm kidding. Roadblock. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm teasing. No worries. <laughs> no, uh, but I've I've really gotten into it lately,
3: and it's a lot of fun. So, that's fun. Hey, you know you're in Portland. I never. I think I, I knew that, but I think I would forgotten.
1: It's recent. Uh, it's been about a year. Well,
3: that's cool. Like, one of my favorite podcasts right now uh, actually emanates out of Portland. It's uh, Rachel and Miles' Explain the X-Men. I don't know if they've made their uh, rounds around, like, uh, Rose City Comic Con or anything like that, but if you ever see them, let them know that Jack's a big fan.
1: <laughs> can do. I do. I don't know that I've run into too many people who do podcasting. For some reason, a lot of people who live in my apartment complex do theater, though. Uh, I live right near downtown, so it's kind of like,
4: Oh,
1: that's the right!
4: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, if you're in so. Portland, then you are you're fairly close to where Carly and Nathan live, and Nathan's been doing a lot of Twitch streaming, which is like podcasting except more intense.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually been getting into Twitch streaming as well. Uh, I'm building a PC, but Carly and Nathan are the best. They they run RBBOR. For uh, other people who might be listening and don't know, and they're really really great and uh they, they've been kind of busy lately because work and because they they're really busy people but they're awesome they're they're just the nicest
4: glib shark approves go oh, yeah. go see go see carly uh go see nathan's uh twitch stream which i, oh, yeah. I think
1: it's under raging terror
4: it
2: i believe it is under raging terror yes
4: the
1: raging terror or raging terror and he just hit 300 uh followers the other day so nice that's, that's pretty cool
4: yeah, I sadly usually miss his streams because a lot of the time he's streaming when he's on call for work and his hours and my hours are completely different. So a lot of the time I see him tweet about, oh, I'm about to stream. And I'm like, I'm either about to go to bed or I'm in a gig.
1: Well, I, I work customer service for a video game company. And I um, what I do is I respond to players who have issues for whatever reason in chat. And I type. So usually I can listen to music, or more commonly, I put little streams. Like I was watching uh, Jackie, Chris, from the RT site the other day during work, and she had just happened to line up with my work hours, so I just watched her all through work that day. Nice. <laughs> it just happened to line up that way, but that's usually when I end up watching uh, Nathan as well.
4: Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch any of the the uh, charity streams that have been going on, like Desert Bus?
1: Yeah, um, so I was working uh, during Arctic Extra Life. So I was nice. watching at work and sitting there and cracking up. And I'm so glad that Too Spooky Hour... Like, I worked during the day, and I'm so glad that Too Spooky Hour was not when I was at work because I would have lost it.
2: <laughs> I, was I, up, I was up during the, <laughs> the Gus Bus part. The, the and cheese I was, master. I was, I was on... Um, I was on Rooster Speak, and we were like, let's just make sure that Gus gets home tonight. Like, (laughs) let's just make sure he is okay at the end of this, because that man had so much to drink.
4: It's been a while since we've seen over-drunk Gus.
1: My favorite was uh, a lot of people had really funny names for their donations. I actually had a thing going where if 15 people donated $1 with something that would annoy me in the chat, I would donate $15 on top of what I had already donated. Uh, and my friend Lexi, Miss um, Nerdgasm on Twitter and Tumblr, uh, she, what she did is she matched everybody who insulted her. <laughs> I think she had to pay up like $80. It's
4: like reverse negging. I love it. Wow. Right.
1: But my favorite was somebody donated $15 and they named it for Gus's Uber. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think they
4: understood how it worked. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, the, it's the thought that counts.
4: It is. It's $15 okay. that Gus doesn't have to donate because he needs to buy an Uber. Exactly. Yeah. But
2: but real quick to tie off the 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 board game geek talk. Oh it, yes. it was really awesome. If you can make it to Dallas to go, I highly recommend it. For any like, and you don't even have to be like a quote unquote hardcore board gamer. If you just want to see a lot of great games played, and also have have a, a, a just a really awesome gaming experience like with the game show like with Battling Tops, where I actually wore a suit of armor this year for my character, the Silver Knight. And got to do a little skit with one of the previous champions who had won before. Uh his character, the great Falcone, uh ended up getting turned into a zombie. And so what? my character went up and saw him in his state and was like, Falcone, no. <laughs> and just like dropped to knees, like, like dramatic. And then like I went up and I was like, I, I was like, I was giving a help. I was like, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay and then crunch, crunch. <laughs> and then like i was just like shh shh it's okay it's okay and then the the guy emceeing was like what the silver knight doesn't realize is that zombies don't need air or intact necks <laughs> oh and my ki- i was like well there's only one way to solve this run and then i ran away <laughs>
1: I I feel like role-playing-based board games are so much fun. I have uh, have a D&D group um, with my friend who hilariously lives downstairs from me. I'm in an apartment complex. And uh, in our D&D group, we have started a religion.
3: Oh. Hail Tiamat! (laughs) Hail
1: Tiamat! (laughs) We happen to have uh, two true neutrals who decided that it was in their best interest to start a religion we don't know who the god is and we have convinced some major nobles with like perfect roles we had perfect roles there was no way it was gonna work but we have converted people to our religion and i think there are like seven people right now nice (laughs) and just the silliest things you can do
4: in role-playing games oh yeah well, you, you don't have to convince us about D&D. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I can tell. D- Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, I've, um, I've I've listened to more than a few episodes, so I'm just like, it's fun. I love d and I, I love that kind of thing. So. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and so I'm awesome. going to be d and for a little while because uh, Critical Role is on hiatus this week, and my D&D game, my home D&D game, is on hiatus for a couple of weeks because... Uh, mostly because of me, if I'm honest, because my gig schedule is crazy, but because December is always bad for us. Um, mm-hmm. And then Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, while well, we have a, a backlog of episodes that'll be coming out because we've been recording for a while, we're not doing another recording for a little bit. So I'm I'm starting to feel like an addict who's missing. uh d where is it? I need my roleplay. Where's my gig 20? What I like
2: is, is the, the junkie voice you're doing right now is very similar to the, like, bird-like a Soria voice a little bit.
4: <laughs> Sadly, all of my voices sound the same. Didn't you hear me do well, the, Kevin Bacon badly? <laughs> well,
2: no, what I liked about Soria is, and I, and I don't know if this was intentional, but it did sound like you were trying to do this, like, like, hi, I'm a bird. Because birds kind of walk like this and look around like <laughs> yes. this. Well, Soria is an interesting mixture
4: of cautious and yet will just jump into danger. So it's it's a little bit of bird-like nature. Soria happens to also be an uh, she's an NPC in Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, but she's a character that I've I've played as my character in my home game. So she's a little more developed than some of the others. But yeah, it's it's a bit of bird, but it's it's also that she she really wants to just talk and say things. Uh, because she's just one of those that she really wants to get things out, but she also knows that like that gets her into trouble. See There we go. Background of Dungeons and Dragons and <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel that just describes me in a way.
4: <laughs> I I I talk quite a bit. But um, Which makes you perfect for a D and D and D game. Or just a D and D game.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's always fun listening to other people uh, create stories though, like Again, the two people who are starting their own religion in my d and d game, God damn it. it's <laughs> it's always funny. Uh, i'm I'm actually just getting caught up on critical role, so I don't think I'll be missing it quite as much, but only because I'm still getting caught up. I have a lot of stuff to watch. like, especially because i I use it at work to, as background noise, I'll just like mm. listen to literally anything at this point. And one time I let YouTube go on autoplay and Ooh. I just let it go for the whole day just to see where I ended up there. I started at a Game Grumps episode and I ended at like some uh, pottery documentary. It was a documentary Ooh. about Japanese pottery. It was like, how did I get there? No one It's knows. like a game.
3: It's like a game of telephone except with YouTube.
1: Or like yeah. With
3: you- Wikipedia surfing, where you click on one article and before you know it, you're reading about the House of Habsburg.
1: (laughs) Isn't there a game uh, where you have to get to like World War II
3: within six clicks on Wikipedia? Oh, that's like the. I guess it makes sense. It's like the Kevin Bacon of Wikipedia articles, (laughs) which it brings us full circle, actually. There
4: you go. Well, (laughs) speaking of watching things, I've done something that I very rarely get to do. I've kind of been watched, binge watched jessica jones i'm only oh, six oh, episodes man. in i'm only I, six episodes
3: in so i'm only halfway yeah
1: i finished <laughs> oh
2: wow i I also okay. finished
3: we'll probably have to do a little spoiler cast about that sometime next week
4: it's hopefully it's by really next good. week hopefully by it, next week luke and i will have finished we're gonna try to finish it this week and so for once i will be caught up on these shows
1: yeah i i feel like i can say this without spoiling anyone it was about as dark as i expected and it was pretty good it was it was really good i enjoyed
3: it a lot given the source material i would expect it to be dark i'm looking at the omnibus right now and i say this every time i talk about this show because every fucking time because i record right in front of my bookshelf (laughs) so my wife and i've watched the first three episodes together on friday Um, i want to use some of the vacation time i have to sort of alternate between that and man in the high castle
4: oh yeah i've been hearing about that show too
3: yeah
4: no i I want to finish Jessica Jones this week because I failed miserably with Daredevil and I but I have managed to uh catch up on Agents of Shield and Jessica Jones. As far as the 6 episodes I've seen, I agree, it's it's really good. Uh the acting in it in general is is amazing. I am I didn't even really realize it until 3 or 4 episodes in, but this is an entire cast Basically, a females and minorities. There are very few. David Tennant, I think, is the only. Well, and then there's a cop. Like, well, see that
1: David Tennant is also. um It's really funny because he's the villain and he is a
4: straight white male. Yes, in his
1: thirties and up.
4: Like, you do get the 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 cop whose name I've forgotten, who comes in, who he is also assumably a a straight white. Yeah. Yeah. But the vast majority of the the main characters in this are, are women or people of color or women of color. And I love that they don't really make a big deal out of that. I love that the lesbians that show up on the show, it's just that's who they are. And, you know, the, the problems that they have and the issues they have are just because they're people. I love that the the show is filled with all of – they even talk about – some stereotypes but it's less race and it's more like oh he's a junkie and so people are going to react to him this way or he's a this he's a that and it's it's been really fun to watch once I kind of clued into it I guess
1: mm-hmm. it's but, it's definitely different than things we've seen before I think they started doing that in a way with Daredevil and I'm really excited for the Luke Cage show because that's what's coming up next
3: Sweet I Christmas! It's... I am so excited.
1: <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> Christmas. right? I'm actually because uh, it's gonna be Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I think.
2: Well, in That's the show what itself, talked about. No, no, no. So, they're gonna
1: have two. They're gonna have two. The next one is Luke Cage, and then the series after that will be Iron Fist.
2: They okay. there's a bit of some talk about whether they're gonna they where Iron Fist is fitting, since they're since the Punisher is getting is getting introduced in the next. Uh, season of Daredevil, they're wondering if, for now, if uh, Frank Castle will take uh, Danny Rand's place in The Defenders. Uh, it's all speculation. There's nothing to say one way or the other that this is definitely happening or definitely not happening.
3: The last okay. I had heard, I'd seen Joe Quesada quote an article saying that Iron Fist is getting a series on Netflix.
2: So it looks like it's full
3: steam ahead for the plan so far.
1: I do want to say... um with marvel somewhat getting spider-man back i really would love to see spider-man cameo in uh because spider-man very very often would run into jessica jones luke cage daredevil like daredevil used to tell him in the comics that i read as a kid stop doing this go away you're a kid stop like that that was one of the classic team team ups was daredevil and spider-man to me Oh, and, yeah,
3: the Ultimate comics would always have, like, the the younger Spider-Man would always have the Daredevil being, like, you're out of your league, kiddo. Just, yeah, exactly.
1: And I, I kind of grew up on that because
3: I'm only, like, 22. So. Okay.
4: <laughs> There's part of me that was a little disappointed when in the, the cinematic universe, they, they're they obviously going with Hawkeye from um, the, I think it's the Ultimates so where he's got the family, and I really kind of wanted the Matt Fraction, Dave Aja Hawkeye because I, think- I th- I thought it would be super funny for there to be a blind and a deaf guy episode of daredevil and have them team up.
1: (laughs) See, I would love that. But I, I think that the Matt fraction Hawkeye came after they had already written everything up.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there was, was, and I'm sure there was no like, warning and you know both those it, it's comic books. Every version of every character can exist everywhere at all times. But there there was a part of me that was like, and then and then Hawkeye can show up on Daredevil and they can have a whole episode about how one of them's <laughs> deaf and one of them's blind and it could be awesome because it'd be funny.
1: Well, it wouldn't just be funny. I feel I feel like the fact that they're having more and more creative ways to have superheroes who aren't straight white males is also nice.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. And I'm only, as I said, I'm only the six episodes in. So who knows what's supposed to happen at the end. I'm both enjoying and also a little um, sad that at least so far, Jessica Jones is less a episode, episode, episode series and more of a long form movie about her um, dealing with the the purple man without going into too much detail and i think it's great as the first season i think you know the stuff that she's dealing with and that you're seeing other characters deal with are issues that have never really come up in a serious way in the marvel cinematic universe and i think they're dealing with them amazingly well and Mm -hmm. i think it informs this character really well and is giving this whole season a, a super nice arc but i'm at this point they're coming to take me away I am at this point <laughs> super more, I'm almost more interested in a second season, like at this point, because I feel I'm hoping that this arc wraps up in the first season. And some of the stuff that I really dig about Jessica Jones is how there's been a, a very clear focus on her detective work that her having super strength is a bonus what makes her special is she's batman she puts in the time and the effort and the smarts and the the perception into figuring out these cases and, and you know like her being able to walk into an apartment and just take in what's happening and figure things out just because of like, you know, what she sees and that kind of deductive reasoning or, you know, pulling up a, a surveillance surveillance tape and and seeing, okay, here's the bulk of detective work as her staying up all night watching hours and hours and hours of surveillance footage. I think the way they have shown that in the, the TV show has been really well done and super enlightening and it's less the, you know... It's less those brilliant flashes of, you know, crazy crime fighting and more, here's someone who's just doing it old school. And I like that.
1: Can I actually juxtapose um, Jessica Jones and Skye from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., now Daisy? Um, Yes. So originally they kind of forced this, oh, she's a hacker, she's a hacker, she's a hacker, Mm -hmm. look at her hackity hack, hack, hack. And then eventually (laughs) they kind of gave up on it. And meanwhile, Jessica Jones just does it. Like they they just show you. She just does mm-hmm. it. And it's not something that you really have to be told ever.
4: But I they've think gotten, they've gotten better in Agents of Shield with Sky. Uh one of the, the episodes I just caught up on had her basically feeding lines to somebody else who was playing the part of a hacker. And so you That was she- a really
1: good one that I yeah. think they did. Well
4: yeah and you know they got to have fun with hacker techno babble kind of things but that you know highlighted i think you know yeah the, the focus this season is more about her being uh, a superpowered individual but uh it almost felt good to see her using her brains instead of her brawn i will say there is there is a a thing that i don't like about both characters both sky and jessica jones 100% of the time look like at a the drop of a hat they're going to turn into bawling babies
1: oh because be- of the big like watery eyes see with jessica i understand that more than with sky
4: well and certainly the, the uh jessica's series has given her more reason to be vulnerable <laughs> in that way but both of them i feel like you know half the time i'm just waiting for someone to hand them a handkerchief as they just curl up on the floor in a ball and start to cry like what is going on also they both have perfect makeup despite the fact that they will shower and sleep and get drunk Magic what? Jessica,
1: television. uh somebody pointed this out on twitter i don't remember who jessica never takes her bra off
4: well she never that- puts her bra on she's i think she's of and the only reason i even say that is because there's uh, several scenes in where she's getting out of bed and we see her put a shirt on and no bra Mm. maybe one of her superpowers is perfect boobs that could be it i think we solved the mystery yeah there you go (laughs) perfect boobs yeah this is an r-rated show i mean i i don't think it's a it actually has a rating but this is not a show for children
3: children if you're listening and your parents know We'll get you the number for sur- social services afterwards.
1: <laughs> Seriously, yeah. if, you're, if you let your kids watch this, you're a little messed
3: up. Yeah, this is
4: this is not the Avengers. This is not Ant-Man. This is, uh,
3: this, is, this is Game of Thrones. Don't let your children watch. Although it does stop a bit shy. I mean, I haven't seen all of Jessica Jones yet, but it does, it's like basic cable level of violence and, and sexuality and all that. I don't think it goes uh... into the HBO realm of things necessarily.
4: Uh, we haven't we haven't seen full frontal. We haven't seen too much, you know, blatant penises and boobs and everything. but, um, I think they've done a good job of it it's not it hasn't felt gratuitous. There hasn't been we've not seen anything that's felt like, oh, and now look titties, like there's been reason to see what we've been shown. so it never feels exploitive, but. Uh-huh let's let's just say sweet christmas again
3: <laughs> sweet christmas <laughs> uh, i'm glad they found a way to work that in twice at least as far as i've seen oh well that's a spoiler anyway
4: that is not a spoiler it's
3: luke cage if you're gonna see exactly luke <laughs> yeah i guess that's
4: It's not a spoiler so yes luke- i am looking forward to trying to finish it this week luke is probably one of my favorite characters i'll say that much
3: yeah, he came into his own, really, I think, in Dennis's run on Avengers, where he went from being, like, you know, the hero for hire to being one of, like, almost the A list superheroes in the Marvel Universe.
4: Well, he is one of my favorite characters on Marvel Puzzle Quest because he is one of the most powerful.
3: Well, Power Man, that's what his name is. I mean, you know, yeah. they don't give you the yellow shirt and the tiara for no reason. I was very have? happy
4: to see him wearing that yellow shirt, by the way.
1: <laughs> I. The last comment about Jessica Jones, I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I don't know quite enough about comics to be sure. Isn't Patsy, isn't Trish a superhero
3: as well? Yeah, so Patsy Walker in uh, the Marvel Comics continuity is a hero known as Hellcat. She started off as a sort of romance character, comic character, like in the 50s and the 40s and stuff. And they sort sort of retroactively made her into a superhero, which is kind of cool. But interestingly, the character uh, Trish Walker in Alias isn't actually the one who appears as Jessica's friend. It's uh, Carol Danvers is her buddy, so she isn't fills that, that hole in the series. Isn't
1: that Miss Marvel?
3: Yeah, that they're Captain Marvel now. But yeah, Captain Marvel. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the new for Ms. Marvel. obvious filmy reasons, they can't use uh, Carol Danvers for that franchise, so they just sort of switched it out with Patsy Walker. So was a clever way of doing it to give her that like friend who's you know she treats badly
2: and it it made it interesting because in the and you know what we should probably go back and add in that we're going to talk about <laughs> Jessica Jones. But, you know, but we've we been, been very good so far. far. We've been we super good now. so I far. I will say that, that one of the nice things about that character is the fact that she certain things she does kind of lean her toward her hell, hellcat heritage as it were.
4: She's okay. also had a very interesting arc throughout at least just the six episodes that I've seen. A very believable, but super interesting uh, emotional and physical arc. So she's been really good. And then there's carrie Ann Moss, who is just sexy as hell.
3: Oh, man. It's the closest <laughs> I think we'll ever get to seeing Arya Talok in a live-action work. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah. She came on the screen in that power suit and I turned to Luke and I'm like, listen, I don't swing that way, but if she showed up here in the apartment, I hate to tell you this. <laughs> like,
2: but this is, I don't know. This is happening.
4: But this is happening. And he's like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> but yeah, she she is very good at playing. And that's a, that's a cold character in a way. Just, you know, she's not necessary. We see glimpses of her emotionality, but she's very... Ruthless and cold and, and to the point, and uh, she does it with a, a an intelligence and a powerfulness that does have a, a draw that you can't not look at her when she's on the screen.
3: Definitely, and, and calculating for sure. Yes, and hopefully for good calculating. Well, that remains to be seen. But they're building this kind of interesting little uh, corner of Hell's Kitchen in the, uh, in the TV part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to returning there. Like, I haven't actually really kept up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I've had a lot of people recommend Agent Carter to me. So when that starts up again, I'll probably have to go back and watch season one and then try and dive into season two.
4: S.H.I.E.L.D. has embraced wholeheartedly inhumans and the craziness of superpowers and everything that comes with that. So, so where Jessica Jones has, has remained, at least in the, what I've seen, uh, grounded in at least some sort of, of detective work. It's a detective show. With superpowers, Shield started as a as something and is now turned into a a free for all for
3: non mutants. So basically, it's the Inhuman show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll it's say so. very yeah. quickly. Did, did yeah. Maximus the Mad show up yet? No, no. Wow. Let me know when unless Maximus- he's. Sh- Unless he's shown I, up as a character that I haven't recognized. Oh no, they're disguising him like and there's different identity or something. But let me know when Maximus the Mad shows. That'll probably be when I sort of give Agent Shield another character. I love that character.
4: Yeah.
1: I do I do think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten so much better though. Like I had a period of time where I was just barely hanging on and continuing to watch. And now I'm like, I really genuinely want to know what happens next. And I think I think that says a lot, so
4: yeah. There's there's still characters that I'm more interested in than others, but it's oh, overall yeah. some of or, those characters. Yeah. <laughs> or or whenever May is on screen or Fitz and Simmons or uh Colson. Um like or um Oh, I've just lost his name. Um
1: The teddy bear, uh I like him.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who exactly <laughs> you're talking about. He works on cars and he's been the Yeah. I like him. He's been like the voice of reason in that show. My,
2: my favorite line of his is where he's like the real shield.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's got a fucking fantastic voice, too. I mean, that's that's so yeah, when when they're on screen and they're doing shit, I am super excited. Um Mockingbird is growing on me. Um it they've they've let her be a little more not simplistic, but she's this season she's gotten a chance to be a little more trustworthy i felt like last season all that happened you couldn't trust anything that came out of her mouth or anything she did and this season we've been allowed to get to know her a little bit more and she's been uh trustworthy um but yeah sky uh, i do like uh a couple of the inhumans that they have brought on and i think this other agency is interesting and yeah crazy power craziness
1: I like Sky more than I did. She used to annoy the heck out of me. Like she used to be my least favorite
4: character. Now she's like, okay, I I, I buy this, this is okay. Agreed. I totally agree. They've turned, she's still not my favorite on there, but they've turned that character around for me as well. Oof, well, that was our Marvel half hour (laughs)
2: for for the show. (laughs) (laughs) we'll, We'll call this out 45 minutes into the show. For those of you watching the stream all I would imagine I'll say one of you have been Uh, enjoying me playing some Hearthstone here and I gotta say it's a it's better than my last two arena runs so if you want to see some mediocre Hearthstone you can tune into the stream and and see that happening right now that's been going on this entire time
1: well I see Harry in the chat and Rudaka7 so you got two people
2: Yay, go. that's <laughs> double what I thought. Oh,
1: so I, I gave people. a shout out on Tumblr, so hopefully oh, more
3: people... We appreciate the, uh, the talking up. We should call this episode the Marvel Action Hour. <laughs> Only three or four of you will get that.
4: <laughs> yes, and hopefully at some point, once the rest of us have finished Jessica Jones, we can do a, a proper spoiler cast. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And now the next thing I have to get caught up on is The Muppets. And eventually Luke is going to tie me to a chair and make me watch Daredevil.
3: You see, I'm not sure if I want to invest emotionally in The Muppets at this point, because what I've heard is they're going to go on hiatus and they're going to retool the concept of the show.
4: And I'm excited about that because it needs retooling. Yeah, so I watched it. I've
1: been keeping up with it because it's The Muppets. It's You know, I, I love The Muppets. This is great, except it's just not great
4: yeah it's, it's
1: not, not funny no I I laughed out loud maybe once in the entire season and I like I've been putting it on as background noise and that says a lot
3: Oof. sadly the Muppets but deserve f- better than that I think
1: oh yeah and like it's it's not really Muppetsy. it just feels like they wanted an office style show and they just happened to put the Muppets in it feels like office with Muppets rather than Muppets with office like elements
4: uh, and I'd be I'd be okay with like I I think the idea of a an the Muppets office office Muppet office Muppets like all that I think that goes together and I think the the way that they've crafted the basic premise of the show works great it's but the core of it is it needs to be funny and it's not funny
3: yeah and that's the case then I'm better off waiting until they retool to actually commit to it or watch it yeah.
4: We'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, I I did have the choice this afternoon of I I was working on Oberreads for most of the afternoon and I needed to put something on and I thought about the Muppets and then I went, No, I I I'm gonna put on Mostly Walking and I'm gonna watch them finish uh Mist and I'm gonna watch them start to play Loom because yay Loom. What is what Loom?
2: Is, yeah, I, I wanted you to explain that as well.
4: Okay, so old school Texted or not text adventure? uh, Point and click adventure games in the days of caves and fire. uh, Mostly walking is uh, three guys: um, Day Nine, Sean Plot, Sean Bouchard, and uh, Bill Grainer playing uh, adventure games, and they they play them from all eras. So they just finished playing um, the original Myst. They also played King's Quest, and you know basically. all all the different versions. And they've gone back. Loom is an old LucasArts adventure game. If you're familiar with The Adventures of Monkey Island, Zach McCracken, those kind of things. What made Loom stand out at the time, the vast majority of adventure games, one of the main ways you play is the hoarding and using of stuff. You wander around environments, you interact with things, you pick up things, you use things on other things. And the puzzles that you um, that you interact with can be anything from logical. Oh, I'm going to use this key in this door to the the crazy illogical. I need to put the peanut butter on the carpet. And Loom did something different. The premise of the game is that you are a weaver, and you don't ever pick up objects. You don't. There's no stuff in the game the only thing you have on you is this staff that you can use as a musical instrument to play notes on and you weave melodies and as the game progresses you learn tunes and the tunes are basically magic spells and you can do things in the world so you learn an open and a closed spell you learn a twist and an untwist you learn light and dark And so when you interact with objects, you're not using an object, you're using these melodies. And as the game progresses, you learn more and more notes and the melodies become more and more complex. And by the end of the game, I mean, you're essentially van hailing the the world. You're just air guitaring on this staff. And it's, I have incredibly fond memories of this game, but with two giant caveats. One, I'm a goddamn musician. And when I played it, I was already a musician i was a young one but i you know i was an oboist so i knew what i was doing and so music was a very intuitive thing for me to use in a, in a game like this and two this was also a very long time ago in a galaxy far far away and so i may be remembering this game with a fair bit of nostalgia and <laughs> So I'm excited to see them play it, partially because of those reasons, partially because I, I think they're funny and insightful when they play through these games. And also, I'm curious to see whether my nostalgic memories hold up with now a more modern outlook on games. And it's... I highly recommend, it's mostly walking on YouTube. Uh, even when the game is bad, they're always interesting to watch. I've... Already, the couple of episodes that I've seen of them playing Loom, I have verified for me that I am both remembering this a little too fondly, but that also (laughs) there's a lot of yeah. There's it has no tutorial. I completely forgot there is like zero tutorial in this game, and it it may be because I think they. there's three different difficulties you can play on. And the main difference in the difficulties is it helps you a little bit more with with these notes. So you're not hearing melodies and then having to just pick notes out of the air. The game helps you along with like color coding notes. And on the easier difficulties, it actually displays stuff for you. So it'll it'll actually display the notes that it's performing. On harder difficulties it doesn't and i think they're playing on one of the harder difficulties so i think that might have skewed the entire tutorial so they spent an entire episode just going like not even knowing what the mechanics of the game were and i'm i don't fault them i fault the game but you know we'll see so that's loom in a nutshell
1: i i actually found a very recently i went on good old games and i grew up with a lot of sierra games in that kind of era of games and there was this game called caesar 3 now, I spent countless hours building, like, Roman cities in this game. And the goal is to increase your population or until your city is yay big and you're producing this much. And as a kid, I, co- I completely struggled. I didn't understand how to play this game. But I had so much funny because I was sitting, it's like SimCity in Rome. And I went back to play it, and I beat it in about three hours. <laughs> and cuz like it's 10 year old me versus 22 year old me you know like it's yep uh, it it, oh. it was not as fun Sometimes i remember
3: the power of nostalgia doesn't really hold up case in yeah. point watching episodes of brave star in 2015 as opposed Ooh.
1: to 1987 oh <laughs> yeah i i feel like some transformers shows um cuz i love transformers some of the newer shows are actually really cute but man armada Mm-mm. Mm-mm, And, like, Beast Wars? No. Well, Beast Wars no is okay. Killed, didn't it? It's not as good as I remember. Let's put it that way. Like, yeah, I, I guess I don't. What we remember
4: is being hold, hold super on. impressed with the CGI, which is now not so impressive. Didn't
2: yeah, Ravage show up on Beast Wars?
3: He did. Yeah. He said Decepticons yes. forever.
4: Yep.
1: Um, But uh, another one is Reboot.
3: <laughs> oh, man, I can imagine oh, yeah. it doesn't age very well.
1: Nope. Um, it right. did not age well at all like i I've been doing just something with a friend we've been going back and watching old shows and we've just been like this one holds up this one doesn't this one holds reboot does not hold up and they've been except promising us a reboot of except- reboot
4: now is the perfect time to rewatch Reboot in anticipation of the X-Files. It's not a reboot, the continuation, because then you get to see David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson show up and be not Mulder and Scully on Reboot in this weird children's CGI thing, and it blows your mind.
2: Wait, Real what, quick, that happened? I'm about to uh, open a pack. My rerun Ooh. has ended. I went two and three. Not... not d- very good at all but it's it was a couple more wins than my last few so i'm opening a pack right now let's play right. does Roadblock block get a legendary live yay so far <laughs> lots of shit shit although shit. although some of it was stuff that since it was from an, an expansion i don't have very much of i guess it's stuff that i might need but okay anyway continue Re- wrote reboot with with the and
4: Gillian Anderson.
2: Gillian Anderson.
4: Mulder and Scully know, on the S I didn't know that they were in Reboot. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's there they're minor characters that show up. I don't remember the characters' names. I I, I have this vague memory of them being like
3: I want to say Sculder data, and Muldy or, like or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember it, it a little bit. I, I, I might remember this now. They were everywhere in the nineties. They also did episode of The Simpsons.
4: Yeah, know. but The Simpsons yeah, was did. really good and funny. It was the, the reboot was uh, not so much.
1: I I hope that if they do reboot, reboot because they've been promising for a while and it just keeps getting in production hell and it hasn't actually ever had any news. Like they released a poster once. <laughs> and that's it. Like we, we've heard nothing about it. Hey, so posters
4: are awesome.
1: They are. It looks pretty cool. But if they ever actually do a reboot of reboot, it had better be spot on. Because <laughs> yeah. the thing the thing is, it was the very first three D animated show like the yeah. very very first so the animation had better be amazing
3: yeah but they have to update it a little bit i mean you have to rename mainframe the cloud or something
4: <laughs> yeah oh yeah wow. i didn't even think about the actual um the hardware associated with reboot that would just be
3: completely
4: outdated or now. you just
3: keep it where it is and just have it set 1997 97 or something there yeah, you go. It's
1: just kids about older technology they might not actually know about.
3: And they're being. You know, hey, kids, this is a disk drive.
4: Do you know that there's <clears throat> floppy disks and that some of the floppy disks are not really floppy? Get ready for numbers, kids. Three and a half <laughs> and three quarters.
3: And the icon that is used to save on your programs is based on something that a lot of kids these days have never even seen with their own oh, yeah. eyes. <sighs>
1: When I babysat yep. some kids, I, I I really love retro things. Actually, when I when I start streaming for real after I built my computer, I, I'm getting an Elgato and I'm getting a, like a PS2 and like a Dreamcast all this stuff, and I'm probably gonna be streaming games from that. But um, but why I brought this up is I was babysitting some kids and I actually brought a bunch of old old equipment that my dad kept in the garage and I introduced them to it and they were like seven. And they were actually really fascinated by it. Like, I think a lot of kids would love to see that kind of thing. Because they just... To them, it's new. Yeah.
4: And fun is fun, no matter, you know, how old or new the games are. Good movies, good games, good radio, good, you know, songs, good television. All that. Just because it's old doesn't mean that it's not still relevant or fun.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. God, I
3: just
4: sounded old.
1: Lemmings is... It holds up, actually. I still
3: enjoy Lemmings. Lemmings is fun. I played that recently. Um, yeah. They, they, those guys just want to die so bad. <laughs> I can still see like the little dude just holding his hands out, looking left, looking right, looking left, looking light, not realizing at some point he has to die.
4: Oh, my god. That is probably the darkest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs>
2: The little <laughs> sound splat that they would make when they would die. The, <laughs> they, they hold yeah. their
3: hands and they shake yeah. before they yeah. explode. Yeah.
4: Oh, Disney, why did you have to put this false idea in our heads and then make such a cute, well, they didn't make
2: Lemmings. Lemmings but. and Worms were probably the darkest, most adorable games back lemmings in the day.
1: Lemmings was a Sierra mm. game, maybe?
3: Yeah, I think it was Sierra. Yeah. The original, yeah. Oh, good times. Didn't Sierra also make Police Quest?
1: Yeah, I think they
3: did. I can imagine Sonny Bont is just, like, hopping up and down, walking, walk about to call, yeah. uh, call that number from <laughs> from the lady he pulled over not realizing it's the chief's wife. Oh, Sonny <laughs> Bont, will you ever win?
1: Man, one of the funny things is uh, King's Quest and, like, point-and-click games, they're not always my favorite, but for some reason Telltale Games just has it, like, something about it is
3: just right. Well, it's kind of awesome. And- they did the whole, pez- I mean, no, they didn't do it, but uh, the electrics did uh, Peasants Quest, the whole like Homestar Runner send up of those style games. But Telltale, of course, did the Homestar Runner game. So of course they kind of had that whole retro, they- these are people who clearly grew up playing games. And yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah.
4: Telltale has done a really good job of modernizing the old school style of adventure games in where and point and click and where you're still in a lot of those games, walking around, talking to people, interacting with objects using objects on other objects but they've streamlined the process and they've gotten away from uh, although Luke and I just played through the King's Quest remake there's still a little bit of that craziness but I think in general it's been a little bit more of a logical progression so it doesn't feel so random and they've cut Mm -hmm. down on the oh you know Guybrush happens to have a a pants of holding that will just hold everything under the sun you know no, now you only have like a couple of things and streamlining that helps as well I, I, just, I just referenced the sun and the moon and, and all that. I hope everybody could unpack that sentence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just also like the, um, the fact that video games are leaning towards multiple endings in general and that, you know, you can have multiple seasons of Tales from the Borderlands and I'm absolutely sure that my decisions will affect the next season. I just don't know how yet. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Like, that carry-on that I don't think the next one's going to come out for another year. But when it does, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. And what I did, like, two years ago in my old save file is mm-hmm. still going to, like, screw me over somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I- yeah, I'm two words,
4: though. Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> I was just oh, thinking of that.
1: Man, that's actually something that reminds me of another game that tried to do what Tales- Telltale Games did, uh, Life is Strange. yes. The ending to Life is Strange angered me as much as the ending to Mass Effect. Oh,
4: like see, okay, I haven't played Life is Strange. I am one of the people who I was not angered by the original ending. I was a little confused and I was a little a little disappointed. And I was. Then just I, so,
1: I wasn't angry. I wasn't like angry the way some people were angry. I was just like, but why? And like there was all this stuff that was dropped which I now understand was because they changed writers uh, partway through production and they just dropped a lot of things that they were going to have at the end. But the main thing that made me upset was no matter what you do, you can still choose a different ending at the end. Like none of your decisions matter.
4: Well, you can't choose synergy. You have to do some very specific things to get that third option. Um, You have to do a lot of really specific things. Um, I think when they put out the updated ending, I liked that a lot more because I felt Mm -hmm. like the, you then see the consequences of a lot of your actions. Um, And so even though you could still make this, this weird choice, despite what you've done, what characters went through and did and who survived and who did what still played off of what decisions you'd made earlier. And I I had heard someone say that the true ending of Mass Effect 3 isn't the end end. Oh, the it's, indoctrination theory? No, no, no. Not even head. the not even the indoctrination theory. That the 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 real the real payoff moment that you have is before you go into that final battle when you get a chance to walk around and, and talk to everybody for the last time. And that that's really the the payoff ending because you get how those characters react to you and whether they're even alive or dead is wholly dependent on all of your actions. And, you know, who is your love interest? How do these characters uh, respond to you? What they say, whether they're willing to follow you into the fire or if they're not, you know, that's the moment that that happens. Everything after that is denouement.
1: Yeah, I could, I could agree with that. But the reason, but I just don't like the idea that no matter what you do, There's this only one ending, like in a game that professes to have so many possibilities that there could only be one ending. And that kind of happened with Life is Strange, so I don't know. The game itself was good up until the end, and I was like, the last episode was not the best.
4: That's sadly the way it is with a lot of video games, though, and where um, you can say the ending of, I'd say the vast majority of video games never lives up to the rest of the game. I'm, I'm a huge Halo fan. And I'd say probably half the, the Halo games don't have a good ending. I can agree with that as well, as a Halo fan. <laughs> ah, um, and the other half are okay, are good, are solid, but not, you know, like if I'm going to pick moments out of Halo games, I'm never picking the ending as my favorite moment of any of them.
1: I will say, did you beat the Legendary uh, Halo 5 campaign yet? Yes. Yes,
4: so I did. So you saw
1: the ending? You saw what happened there?
4: The little extra tag after the credits are you talking about? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, oh, I did yeah. see that. That is going to be fun. That's I... an... Well, you know, I, I'm not going to say anything
3: because spoilers. Just waiting between now, and I made this joke last week, and the time that the mantle of responsibility falls to their inevitable recipient, the grunts. <laughs> the call it now, folks. It's going to go to the grunts.
1: I love I, I love them. The Ungoy are super cute. <laughs> I, think I like finally- how in, yeah, in
2: Halo Five you get a little bit more dialogue from them. Like, oh, what are we doing here? Ah, filthy humans and and stuff. That I think that's fun. Yeah.
1: I I like the singing grunt. And uh, depending which character it is, he'll tell you different stories about like the song. And one of my favorites is I talked to him as Locke, and he was like. Yeah, I learned this song from a human. I wanted to sing with him, but then he died in his in our prison ship.
4: <laughs> and I was like, "That's so like, sad." Oh, this is a, This is a, like you were funny and cute, and now I'm kind of depressed. Yeah,
1: and then and then the Krunt's like, "I'll sing with you though." And if you're Tanaka, she's like, "Yeah, I'd like that." And it's just like,
4: "Aw."
1: <laughs> it's just like my favorite part of Halo Five was exploring the Sanghelios camp, the swords of Sanghelios.
4: Because That's, you, th- those are so interesting cool. moments and where all of a sudden, you know, there's that and then there's uh, when you're at Governor Sloan's camp. Those yes. two moments when you're, it's like guns down and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Halo is an adventure game. It's like, wait, what?
0: Hmm. <laughs> and, like, I have the town. To the logs, my
4: favorite was the
1: medic who wanted to battle with
4: death. Oh, yeah. There,
1: there was one of the uh, intels that you could get in the Swords of Saint Helios camp was you would go to the medic area, like where all these medical folks were, and he was like, "What? You think it's dishonorable to like treat wounds? I'm battling death," <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, it was a very Saint Haley thing to say, just from what I know of them, and it, it was really funny to me at least.
4: And then you know you could just hang out on the on the main title screen and watch the grunt fly by. <laughs>
1: I, I am kind of. Uh, I got into Halo because of Red versus Blue, actually. Um, Me
4: too. So,
1: <laughs> I I used to be LFTO back in the day before it kind of slowly died, a slow and agonizing death. But I I wanted to know more about what RVV was based off of because like in season nine they started introducing these, uh, like they introduced the engineer and like all this stuff from Halo ODST and somebody pointed it out to me and I ended up reading all the Halo books and I ended up reading all the comics and then I now I'm a Halo fan. <laughs> it,
4: it <kinda laughs> Thank happened. you Bernie Burns for bringing more people into the fold. Well, and he'll never probably... hear this because he's out trapezing on a reality show.
1: Yeah, I actually have a really funny video idea that may involve Sonic the Hedgehog music for when that show
4: airs. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, has it started airing yet, or is it still No, just...
1: no, 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 no. So they're just now recording. Yeah. So um, it won't air until February, I think. They may oh, air no. it earlier this year, but they have two seasons a year of The Amazing Grace, and one of them is uh in the s- spring, and one of them is in the fall. So the fall one wrapped up, they started filming this one. And I mean, because there's so many people on there with social media, I absolutely think they may consider airing it earlier just to get it out there before somebody spills the beans on what happens. But like at the Maybe. same time
4: maybe although the the way bernie was talking about it on podcasts before he ran off he's not going to have any access to social media so it would be super difficult for him to well, to the reason even for get that for
1: the reason for that is during the race itself so he can't be like hey guys i am in mexico city come find me and help me like yeah. they can't that. that's that's the reason for that i think uh, but i don't know after the race is over cuz it's only 21 days at the race itself Mm -hmm. um after that we don't know
4: yeah well i would like to think that all of these um i mean these are these are all professional social media people if there is such a thing
1: some of them were just like one hit wonders a couple of them like what one of them was just a woman who had been in one meme video
4: yeah but and like, it's, it's okay. in their best interest to not spoil what happens because if if the, you know, if you're talking about Bernie, he knows what he's doing and he understands not spoiling, especially someone else's property and he's yeah, going to respect that. Yeah, I don't think it be Bernie, no. Yeah, I, I think the other people uh, that are the one-hit wonders, I think it's in their best interest not to spoil it because... It's in their best interest to have as many people as possible watching all the way until the end. And if people know the outcome, I think there'll be less, there'll be people who will not watch because they know how it ends. And their best hope is, you know, hey, the more people watch this, here's this is cross pollination. These are viewers and fans of other people who are now going to see me. That's why you know, YouTube YouTubers are constantly appearing in everybody else's videos. It's it's to look for more people and more views. So I, I don't think we'll actually get any true spoilers, at least from the participants.
1: That's true. That is also true. I I do think that people may post, oh hey I happened to meet Bertie Burns in this city and he was here doing the Amazing Grace and I helped him. But mm. Even then, I'm willing to bet that if you help them, they're going to ask you to sign something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm willing to bet. Um, but they they filmed the first uh, episode. And while filming it, they actually had a Facebook feed. And from what I saw, yeah, they had Bernie, it on
2: Periscope, I thought.
1: They had it on Facebook and they had it on Periscope. And I watched the Facebook one, which was when they were in Mexico City. That's where they started and um Bernie and Ashley were kind of in the first half. They're doing pretty well so far. So you know, I hope they win. Uh well Tyler Oakley we is at- not doing well from the first from, from just like that first video. I'm like, ah, you're not doing well.
4: <laughs> well, we here at Globeshark wish Bernie and Ashley all of the best and good luck. And may the Ristreet community be
3: with you. Always. Yeah.
2: And also with you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think you meant to say and with your spirit.
2: No well okay, so that's what it was. Okay, for those who don't know the 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 Roman Catholic what is it, like Latin Rite yeah. mass was changed and so now instead of peace be with you and also with you, it's now peace be with you and in your spirit. I think it was Izzy and I I'd, I'd seen it before, but she was the one who posted it most recently, was like oh, uh, this is what Catholic Star Wars fans say all the time. And it's true. It is totally true. That you. when someone says, may the force be with you, the proper response is, and also with you. <laughs>
1: yeah. is, is that a Catholic thing? I'm sure yeah. I wouldn't
2: know. <laughs> yes, that's... I, I am aware that's why I explained.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> I was just like, I, I vaguely maybe heard of this, but not really
4: thankfully I, all of the time that i've spent in churches performing for church on on different church gigs I, i've grown very used to all of that
1: i um i actually don't think i've ever been
4: inside a church before they can be pretty
1: they can i've seen pictures but um
4: the ones in europe have very pretty paintings all over the ceilings it's True. yeah i've always wanted to see that but i've mm. never actually been inside a church I don't think, and and some of them are super old, and <laughs> some some of them have uh, monks that wander around singing a Gregorian chant. But you have to go to very special ones for that.
1: See, I'd like to see that. I like Gregorian chants; they're they're very pretty.
4: Yeah, and then and then there are some that are not so amazing, but you know, there a lot of them are very pretty. And a lot of them are do very good things for their communities, and some of them don't. You know, they're a lot like people. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a very <laughs> succinct, like, you started off talking about BoardGameGeek.com, went through Marvel, talked about video games, and finally ended on some bits you might not know about the church. <laughs> I would say we've, we've covered a variety of topics here on Globe Shark. Naryl, I'm so glad you called in. It's been a while since we had like someone call into the show. You're welcome to come back anytime you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I I just remember that the last time I called in, um I don't know if it was actually the last time I called in when this happened when uh when Matt was on like years ago and I was too shy to talk. I'm pretty sure that was the last time I
3: called. <laughs> oh yeah. You messaged me afterwards about that.
1: <laughs> I was really nervous. <laughs> well, well, you know, I was well, also we're glad 16. you weren't
4: nervous this time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I was where, like 16, 17. Oh go ahead and pimp yourself out because you're not going to be in, in our ending, in our ending spiel from Mr. Bob Ball. So where can we find you on the internets?
1: Uh, the Met on Tumblr, Nuriel on uh, Rooster Keith uh, and on Twitter, and Nerial with, uh, it's with two Ls, but with an I instead. It's usually with two Ls, but with an I instead on YouTube for some reason. I can't remember. So, yeah.
3: For That's... reasons.
1: Um, I don't even remember. Like I ha- It's N-I-R-I-A-L-L. It used to have one L for reasons that I'm not going to go into. But I don't know why. Instead of adding the second L, I added an I on YouTube.
3: Hmm. That's a, that's a mystery for another time. <laughs> for another
0: time.
3: <laughs> our sound producer is Jonathan Mystery for Another Time Cerna.
2: My <laughs> mysteries are for all the times.
4: Hmm.
3: Ooh. Our voice announcer is the inimitable Bob Ball. Who you can follow at Bob Ball Vo. Uh, our theme music is done by uh, our dear friend Linnea Boyev. And on behalf of Lauren Urban, Jonathan Cerna, and the entire Gloop staff, this is Jack Edithel saying. Good night, good health, and sweet Christmas. Happy
4: Turkey Day!
3: That too.
0: That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glibshark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends.